I have always wished that my Spanish was better. Living in Southern California and going to Mexico a lot for surfing, weekend trips, stuff like that, it's just very handy. I took three years of it in high school, but I really didn't learn that much from the books. I basically only got really good at asking various types of people where the library is located, which turns out to be not a phrase you use that often when you're on vacation. Rosetta Stone is a much more organic and easy way to learn a new language because it really immerses you in that language. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop, and also it has an app. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish. Like I said, it's fast language acquisition because it really immerses you in the language. There's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They also have speech recognition features like True Accent, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also an amazing value. They offer a lifetime membership, which includes all 25 languages, which is perfect for any and all trips you might have in your future with various languages you might want to learn. Don't put off learning that new language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, other world listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com otherworld today. This episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry sent me a razor starter kit recently to try, and I put it to use very quickly because I keep myself clean shaven. In fact, I pretty much shave every single day because I have lots of facial hair. It grows back very quickly, and it's also really thick, and it hurts a lot when I shave normally, with a bad razor at least. So I've been using Harry's razors for like a week now. They're very nice. It's a five-blade razor, and I have to say, it really does effortlessly shave through my normally very annoying facial hair. It doesn't hurt one bit, no tugging, anything like that. And it stayed sharp the entire time as well. I'm very impressed so far. It also has kind of a good weight to it. It's like heavier than normal. I don't know. It's like, it's just got a good weight to it. I really like that. I didn't know I liked it before, but now I know I like it. I also really liked the shaving cream just because it smells really good. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by questionable shaving products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of other big brands. Harry's has a customizable delivery option for scheduled refills as low as $2, half of what you pay from other big brands. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com otherworld. That's harrys.com otherworld for a $3 trial set. Welcome to Otherworld. I'm your host, Jack Wagner. This story comes from a man named Eichland, who was actually a forest firefighter at the time, which I'm sure comes with many strange experiences, but oddly enough, the forest firefighting has nothing to do with this story. Eichland emailed me with two experiences he's had, seeing something strange at night. And of course, I've heard a lot of stories of people seeing something strange at night. But honestly, once I read these, I realized that I have never heard anything exactly like this before. And I think you'll see why. The stories aren't particularly long. In fact, they're quite brief, but there's something really disturbing about them, especially the second one. 
In fact, I should probably put a trigger warning on this. Um, the second one does briefly mention sexual assault. And it's also just generally horrifying for a few brief moments. If that's not something you want to hear, you can totally skip over it. I think it'll be pretty obvious when the time to skip comes around. But yeah, like I said, I've never heard anything exactly like this. And I'll let Eichland explain for himself. Let's get this episode started. This is episode 29. The title is Fight or Flight, and you're listening to Otherworld. So uh, my name is Ike. I live in the Pacific Northwest. Right now I work uh, swing shift doing uh, metal fabrication. I've also done wildland firefighting, door-to-door canvassing, bunch of different stuff. My life's pretty good out here, I think. I'm married, I have a nice little apartment. You know, when it comes to the supernatural, I've always been really interested, but like for the longest time, it was just kind of stories to me. It's kind of like, oh, well, maybe, but maybe not. You know, sort of like how like an urban legend gets started, like somebody sees a barrier in the woods and it becomes Sasquatch or something like that. But, um, you know, after a couple different things happened, it, it kind of became a little bit more real for me. I guess to preface both of these stories, I've had sleep paralysis since I was maybe 13 or 14. But, you know, once I figured out what it was that and kind of how it worked and that it was your body trying to wake up from sleep, but kind of getting stuck between, you know, that's kind of been my experience of it since is, you know, it's like, okay, my body is trying to wake up. I'm getting all these distress signals. I'm getting this weird ringing in my ears. It's but it's like it's it's stressful, but it's more like annoying than anything. I don't typically see even like the room that I'm in all that much. And I definitely don't usually see uh, things in the room with me. So I just want to throw that out there that I'm, you know, I, I know what sleep paralysis is and I, I'm, I, I understand that experience. So this, these, these two things that happened to me, these were, I think, very clearly uh, different than that. And I'm not even sure if they were really in a state that is sleep paralysis or if it was something similar to that, but that's how they started. So the first one, uh, I was living in this really old house in North Carolina um, with a couple of my friends. So I'm not originally from the Pacific Northwest. I used to live in New England. But while I was finishing up college, my folks moved to North Carolina. And after college, I didn't really have anything going on where I went to school. So I, I moved down to North Carolina and I, uh, I eventually, I, I moved out after a couple months and uh, some of my friends moved in with me. We, we rented this, uh, this big house together. It was this really old house. I think it was built in like the 1840s or something like that. Really weird place. I think at the time, yeah, at the time, actually, I had a lot going on. I was actually un- under a lot of stress at the time because I was working two different part-time jobs and also going to trade school at the same time. So I, ha- I had a very busy schedule. I wasn't really getting a lot of sleep. 
as for the people I was living with, um, actually, two of them were friends that I've had since high school, like really close friends. Anyway, at the time, I was, yeah, under a lot of stress. So the way that my room was set up was that my bed was set up where it was facing a window, and then directly behind my bed was um, just like maybe like 10 feet of space of the room, and then there's the door to John's room. I had been having sleep paralysis, again, because of, like I've mentioned, you know, stress issues, sleep issues, for, for a little bit. So it wasn't that unusual for me that this particular night to kind of wake up into sleep paralysis, but, and I was like, oh, well, here, here we go again. This was different because I was able to actually make out the room that I was in, like not perfectly clearly, but it was like, it was kind of like everything was like really like blurry. It, it almost sort of seemed like there was like trails to everything, but I, I, got, I, I could see the room and I was looking straight at the window and I start to see this um, black smoke start to pour in from the crack between where the, uh, the window unit air conditioner is and the uh, like window. And it starts to pour onto the ground like it, like it can move on its own. Like it's, it's not like, like campfire smoke or something like that. It's, it's like thick, thick black smoke. And it starts to pour and it starts to collect into this shape and it eventually resolves into something that it's a, it's like it's like human shape but it was made out of thick black smoke it wasn't really tall or really broad it wasn't like huge like a like a really big person it was maybe about average height maybe a little bit stockier but the the head was a ram's head like i could see the horns of smoke like curling on the on the sides of its head and it looked like there were two coals where the eyes were like that's like the coals were where the smoke was coming from but you could see them blazing as like the eyes it just sort of like collected from this smoke that was pouring into my room and was just sort of standing at my window and it's in the room with me you know across from my bed You know, when they talk about like a flight or fight response, well, my response was to fight. I just remember like thinking really hard in my head, like you need to get up, get up, get up. It was really surprising to me that that was my reaction and that it, it worked and that it didn't really like fight back at all. Like it was just kind of like, I don't know, like, like a dumb instinct. I almost felt like I was like gliding towards it. Like it was just kind of like this blur of energy as I was moving towards it and then I remember I remember hitting it as hard and as fast as I could because I don't know that there's any <laughs> belief system where something that looks like that is something that you want in your room. I don't remember I feel like I, I must have gotten like the head and like like the body a lot. I remember hitting the body a lot and that's kind of where I, I felt like it just sort of like crumple. It wasn't like a fully solid thing. It was just sort of like this this sack of I don't know, or like like a like a scarecrow or something that was like stuffed, I guess, if, with like cloth or rags or something like that. And that that also really surprised me that I was actually making contact with something because I thought that like you would think something made out of smoke wouldn't you wouldn't be able to punch it, and that's why it's also looking back like why that would that's such a strange response to something like this because you can't you can't punch smoke, but but it it worked and it it sort of like crumpled to the to the ground and uh and then that's when it it sprang back up and sort of like you know turned back into smoke and like shot out the window like almost like it was uh there was like a vacuum that like sucked all the smoke back out 
And then I, I, I woke up or came back into consciousness uh, and I was just in my bed. I, I made a note of the time. I was like, wait, like how, how much longer do I have to sleep? And it was like 2.40 in the morning or so. And so the next day I talked to my friend John and I say, oh, I, had the, I had the weirdest dream last night. And he said, yeah, I had a pretty weird la night last night too. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, I was staring at the door between our room. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was staring at it and there was this black smoke that was pouring into my room. And I said, was it like a thick black smoke? And he said, yes, and it was not like something was on fire, but like the smoke was like moving, like it was living. And he said that it started to like pour down into the room and started to pool at the base of his door and it was starting to form something, but then it shot back up out the door. I asked him what time it was, and he, he said, you know, same time it was around 2.30 to 2.40, and that he was just in his bed, just like afraid, just watching the smoke pour into his room and then watching it shoot back up out of it. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, if, if he hadn't told me that whole thing, it would have just been a weird dream to me. It would have been like, wow, that was a, one of the weirder nightmares I've ever had. That's like one of the weirder ways that I've ever had sleep paralysis. But because he experience something very similar to me at the same time that I experienced it that made it clear to me that there was something that was in our house that I, I didn't want there that what probably wasn't supposed to be there. You know, it was, it was, it was really freaky, but there was also this sort of sense where like it, it left. I wanted it to leave and I got it to leave. And that was kind of satisfying in a way. And yeah, you know, I, I told some people about it cause it was, cause it was really crazy, but you know, I, I just kind of moved on and, you know, whenever somebody would tell me kind of a crazy story, you know, I was, you know, maybe a little bit less skeptical. It kind of, it, it kind of made more sense to me uh, that, that something like this is, is possible if not necessarily common. Okay, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like you just need to get something off your chest? Contrary to the belief of, I think, every single man in my family lineage, dating back to the hunter-gatherer period, bottling things up does not work. When you push those things down, it begins to build up and negatively affects you. And of course... The stuff you bottle up always finds a way to come out eventually, usually not in a very good way. Therapy is a place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. There's a reason people say it's like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders afterwards. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Otherworld today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Otherworld. Hi, this is Amy Poehler here to tell you about a new improvised show from Paper Kite Podcasts, the team that brought you Say More with Dr. Sheila. Check out our new parody podcast, Women Talking About Murder. It's a show about women 
talking about murder. Every episode features special guests, twists, turns, and the mystery of a missing co-host. Available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, springtime is here and it might be time to clean out the closet and finally update your wardrobe. Quince has you covered with timeless pieces that never got a style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the essentials for men and women and everything is made from high quality materials, which is very important to me. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes savings on to us. And like I mentioned, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. I recently went on a little shopping spree myself. I got a chore jacket, a Mongolian cashmere cardigan, and a quilted jacket. Basically stuff that I could just throw on top of the normal old t-shirts that I wear every day to make myself look a lot more presentable and fashionable when I need to. I also got some new sheets for our bed. They have so many to choose from. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash otherworld for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash otherworld to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash otherworld. I used to be really bad at keeping track of my finances. A very stupid part of me believed that if I just don't look at my bank accounts and my credit card statements, the money will all still be there, even if I spent it on stupid stuff that month. Well, that's not how it works. I learned the hard way. It's quite the opposite. Usually, when I finally did look, I'd notice that there was some subscription I'd been paying for that I forgot to cancel or I got overcharged for something and it's too late to fix. But now I use Rocket Money to keep track of all of that for me so I don't have to worry. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you could grow your savings. Rocket Money finds all of your bills and subscriptions for you, lays them out, and gives you the option to cancel them automatically or it can negotiate a lower price for you. I recently tested this out on my internet bill and they were able to negotiate a lower price for me. I saved like $300 doing this. If you're like me and you get scared checking your accounts, Rocket Money might be your savior. It's nice having everything in one place and under control. I promise you're gonna be very happy once you finally do it. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com otherworld. That's rocketmoney.com otherworld. So, yeah, a, a few years passed, and I, I moved out to uh, the Pacific Northwest where I live now. And uh, at the time, it was also another very stressful time in my life, I think even more stressful. The, the girl that I was dating, who, uh, who I later married and who I'm married to now, um, she tore her hamstring and needed surgery to reattach where the hamstring had torn. But it was also right in the middle of wildfire season. Uh, and I was working dispatch at the time, which meant that I was stuck at a desk for like somewhere between like 12 to 14 hours a day, back to back, you know, dealing with calls and coordinating stuff. So she, she had to, uh, you know, stay with me where I was living. Uh, but I lived on the second floor of an apartment so she, she obviously couldn't walk up that after the surgery. And so I asked the doctors if I could just carry her up the stairs to our room. You know, I'd only have to do it the one time. And they said, no, that that would also potentially damage the hamstring right after the surgery. Like it's, it's really, you know, sensitive, really delicate right after that. 
So I ended up having to get us a motel room, just like the cheapest motel room I could find that was on the first floor. So that way it would be easier to help her into the room and I wouldn't have to carry her. So after the surgery, I I get us set up in the motel room. It's been a long day. Uh, I have to go to work the next day. I was only able to get one day off for for the surgery. I fall asleep and um, I'm having a completely unrelated dream. And all of a sudden, it's like it gets interrupted. You know, typical, like, pretty vivid dream imagery going on. Then all of a sudden, everything goes black. And then I see this sort of, like, whitish, yellowy light. And out of this light steps this really bizarre-looking thing. It looks like a part human, part bird, but it's it's like molting. So it's it's kind of like this, it's got this big beak, and big watery eyes, and kind of like a yellow tuft of feathers on its head, but the rest of it looks, you know, like, like human-shaped, but like, kind of like the hands are shaped a little bit weird, like kind of like the, the fingers are too big. If you remember the uh, the covers to those Animorph books, right, where it shows there's like a person and they're partway between turning into a person and then like a tiger or something like that. And there's like the little like changes to their face and to their body. If, if you can imagine that the, the person at the start of this is like sort of a, this like schlubby, balding, middle-aged man. And the, what he's transforming to is like a molting cockatoo. There's not a lot of feathers. There's really just one big, yellow tuft of feathers on the on the head where where hair would normally be it was sort of like big watery eyes like i remember the eyes being really watery and like this big beak that takes up most of the face and the skin is like kind of kind of looks like like a like a bird skin but the again no feathers so it's it's like molted and kind of wrinkly kind of saggy the arms and the hands are kind of like thick, I guess, for sort of, sort of like they're like partway between being an arm and the everything kind of like, like melding together to become like a wing, basically. And I hear it start to like speak to me, but I, I, I don't see the beak move or anything. So it's like almost like uh, telepathy, I guess. And it starts to tell me this story as it's like sort of like gliding closer and closer to me. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to put some sort of uh, disclaimer in this episode about this because it, it gets uh, very real and very disturbing. Uh, so it says that um, when it was young, it went to a movie theater and it sat next to something that it thought was a was a kid like itself but it was actually like a dwarf like a little person and that the dwarf had 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 molested them basically and as they said that i felt the hand like grab my my penis and it said and that's the reason i am the way i am now then i wake up and um, my wife kind of has like stirred next to me and I'm like, like really freaked out because that's like, like a really gross, upsetting dream. 
yeah, that's that's not something you really want to think about uh, ever. And it just sort of like like showed up and interrupted the middle of my dream. But like I said, I had noticed that my my wife had stirred, and so I thought, you know, maybe like maybe she accidentally like groped me in in the night, like in her sleep or something like that. And you know, it's something that happens when you're in a relationship. Sometimes I don't know. So, you know, the next day I asked her, like, did you? like in the middle of the night, like, like reach out and, and touch me. And she said, no, but I, I think we were both sort of woken up around the same time. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I woke up and you were up too. And she said, I woke up because there was something in our room. And I'm like, oh no, not again. <laughs> um, and she, I, I asked her what it was and she said, I, I think it was a spirit because there was this, this person who had this sort of like, this like glowing white light around him walking in our in our room like walk through our room and she said that he, she just got like the worst feeling from him like the sense that like in life this person had been like a like a predator like just like a really like gross unsavory person and uh i asked her if she could describe what he looked like and she said that he was short and kind of kind of balding, kind of schlubby. She said that she just got like the worst, worst uh, impression just looking at him. And I said, okay, well, <laughs> like almost exactly like the like the last one. Like you're you're never gonna believe what what I what my dream was like last night. Uh, and so I described it to her. It was, yeah, it was, it was really upsetting. It was a lot more upsetting than the first one because in the first one, it's just like, okay, well, this is something, you know, just like supernatural. Like maybe, I mean, I don't want to say, I mean, it sounds kind of demonic when you describe it, but it's like, I can, I can like wrap my head around something like that as just something like that's something outside of our world that kind of like stepped in for a second and then or like that I was able to see for a second and then was gone and I, I wanted it gone and it left. But this thing, I, I was like completely paralyzed. Like I couldn't do anything like while it like basically assaulted me um, and it told me this really upsetting story. Like I, I couldn't get it to leave and it was also so much closer to, to earth to like an actual part of somebody's life. Like that's what it sounded like was somebody telling me part of their life. Yeah, and I... I I, I couldn't get it to leave. So yeah, that was uh so the the first story I've I've told people about, but I don't really tell people about the the second story so much just because of like almost I, I think that aside from my wife and maybe one or two other people, like this is the only time that I've ever really told that story out loud. I think that both of these experiences made me um, more open-minded to the possibility of, you know, something like a like a spirit or a or a demon or even, I I you know I I wish it was something nice like it like an angel or something like that that had had visited me. But um, I think that it's just kind of something that I keep in the back of my mind, and you know, especially when I you know uh, listen to somebody tell a a story, I kind of you know I'm. Like I said, it, it seems more real to me. It seems more more plausible. And like there's I, I believe people now when they when they tell me, you know, and, and I've heard people tell me some really wild 
uh, stories. And now I'm like, you know, be- before this happened to me, I would have been like, okay, like you're just you're just kind of showing off as like a party trick or whatever. Like maybe something happened and maybe you're exaggerating. But now it's like, no, that there's, I, I could see that. It's like, I, I can I can picture something like that happening a lot more. But again, this is this is not like my my day to day life. Like people's lives typically aren't, you know, run by apparitions and premonitions and stuff like that. That's that's not really who I interact with. That's not really what my life is like. So it's just it's just kind of something that I keep in the back of my mind. You know, after this happened, though, I did, you know, try to spend some time researching more about sleep paralysis and trying to wrap my head around what happened. Uh, and I think the the closest that I can think of is, so what I've read is that sleep paralysis is in some ways similar to lucid dreaming, right? So it's it's a state that your your brain is in where your brain waves are different. And I think that something about that, about being in that state, allowed me to see those things that were in the room with me, right? And so my my wife and my friend, like they were just able to see it by virtue of of being awake. Like for whatever reason, they they were just able to see that. But for me, I have to be in that half asleep, half awake, altered state basically. And then I'm able to see that, to see those apparitions, whatever you want to call them. That's uh, that's that's the closest I can figure out. It hasn't happened since. Uh, I hope if it happens again, it's something nice that wants to come and uh, give me some nice advice or maybe tell me I'm doing a good job or something like that and not something that's out to, to terrify and harass me. I think that that would be a nice change of pace. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Eichlin, for telling us those stories. I should mention that I did ask if his wife would be down to talk to me and give me her side of the story. Eichlin said that she is not interested and I do not blame her. It sounds like the surgeries were hard enough, let alone dealing with seeing these horrible things in the motel where they are staying during that time. And after we spoke, I did look up the motel that they are staying at. And I'm not sure exactly what I was looking for. Maybe just to see if any crimes had occurred there. And after a quick glance, I realized that I'm pretty sure many crimes have occurred at this motel and probably continue to occur at the motel to this day. Uh, In fact, based on the vibes, I would say that there's probably crimes occurring as I'm recording this right now. Probably not a super fun place to stay in the first place, not to mention the fact that you're seeing something completely terrifying in the middle of the night. You know, I'm not here to categorize or diagnose the things that happen to the people in these stories. Um, But even if I was, I really haven't heard anything exactly like what happened to Eichland. Um, And it's such a specific thing not to mention the fact that his wife saw something too, which felt the same, but looked quite different. You know, the topics that we touched on in the Gateway Process episode and the Wendy Black Widow series as a whole really changed the way I look at things. As humans, 
when we see and hear, that's just our brain processing and interpreting light and sound waves the best it possibly can. And when that data is incomplete or confusing, our brain does its best to process it. And sometimes that can cause two people to perceive the same thing completely differently. I mean, just look at optical illusions. That's essentially what's happening. Your brain is getting tricked by confusing data. And so if it is possible for us to briefly perceive something that we normally can't, I'd imagine our brains would be working overtime to try to make sense of it. And the results would probably be quite strange. They might vary greatly from person to person. So when I hear a story like Eichland and his wife seeing two very different visual images but getting the same meaning from them both, I find that very interesting, especially after noticing some of the patterns in the episodes that I've made on this show. Um, very interesting. So thank you, Eichland, for telling us that story. By the way, it sounds like you kicked that first thing's ass pretty bad. So I doubt he's coming back anytime soon. And I'm very grateful for that. Very funny detail. And I do love to hear that. I hope that if I ever see something similar in my room and that fight or flight instincts kicks in, I hope that I am brave enough to get up and fight the same way you did. So thank you so much once again for telling us that story. And thank you for listening. This has been episode 29. The title is Fight or Flight. And you've been listening to Otherworld. Otherworld is executive produced and hosted by myself, Jack Wagner. Our theme song is by Coberman. The soundtrack of this episode is by Juice Jackal and North Americans. Editing for this episode by Theo Krantz. Engineering by Theo Schaefer. We got both Theos on this one. The artwork for our show is by Cul-de-Sac Studios. This is an independent show, so please show us your support by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, and telling your friends. If you want to support this show and get bonus episodes, you can do that on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash otherworld. We have a lot of good stuff up there right now. The Discord is live. I highly suggest you get back there. Patreon.com slash otherworld. If you want to follow us on social media, we're at otherworldpod on Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you or somebody you know has experienced something paranormal, supernatural, or unexplained, you could send us that story at stories at otherworldpod.com. 